Please, the show where we talk about video games and what we're playing and what's new and what's hot and what's happening in the video game industry. I'm Ashley. I'm Sam, and uh, I'm here today because y'all are very nice for having me. <laughs> I'm Adam. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Welcome, uh, so, Sam. <laughs> Sam, Hi. this is the this first, first time, time? We've, had you, we've had you on Glitch Please, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I was talking to Chad, who was with us last week, uh, and he was saying that you were big. Um, you were big into the Far Cry games, and Far Cry Five came out this week. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to invite you on. Thank you for making it over here. Well, thanks for inviting me. I know it's a trick for you coming from for our other facility. The, the, like a five-minute trick, but yeah. Look, for, we used to, we used to, to be in Dallas. Deal so. with traffic. It's a trick. We drove down for three hours to do stuff back in the day. So for me now, it's like, you know, we got relocated here, what, six, eight months ago? So it's just so fine. what okay. you're saying is that all we have to do is torture people really badly at first, and yeah. then minor inconveniences seem uh, like yeah. a big deal. It's not that big. It's the rooster teeth way. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Far Cry 5. There's been a couple of interesting developments in the video game industry, which we'll also cover. Um, and all of that is brought to you by us because we have a new website. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a bit, uh, but uh, if you're on the website, you are probably already seeing it. If not, we'll tell you how you can. Uh, so before we get into all of that fun stuff, what have you been playing, Adam? Um, so it's been mostly Far Cry, but my situation has evolved a little bit. Oh. oh so I'm like normally a guy that, like I'll buy my PC and use it for like four years before I upgrade anything. Um, and I never upgrade like my monitor. Like the, the furthest I'll go for accessories is like keyboard and mouse. And like sometimes I'll have a headset. But yeah, big question: Are you a clicker keyboard guy? Oh yeah, like I want the loudest keyboard possible. So I recently got a pair of speakers, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I've never had a speakers? good speakers. I've never had a good pair of speakers. Like okay. these are like they have a they have a nice subwoofer. It's a two point one system, so there's two satellite speakers and a subwoofer, and. Having a decent set of speakers and going from like either $11 speakers or like a headset that isn't always the best in terms of sound is incredible. Like it has totally transformed the games I play. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, do you live with Grace? Yes. Okay, that sounds fucking annoying then. I will tell you right now that like, is she around when you're playing games? I closed the door. Like, listen, we're, we're also on opposite schedules. Like, she works nights. So what you're saying is she's trying to sleep while you're blasting sound no, out of she's, she's, she's at work when I'm getting home, basically. <laughs> so not a big deal. Okay. Um, All right. Well, then I will I'll back off I, I'm, I'm courteous because... enough that when she's sleeping, I will pop on headphones. But oh. when she's not, like, I'm using I'm using my speakers now. I, I like... Uh, you know, speakers and the like TV sound and all that. Uh, but I do find that if one person is playing a game for like an eight or 10 hour marathon, it gets real annoying. So I've started using headphones, uh, even if I'm You're trying to even set if I'm example. playing on a console. Yeah. You know what? It's not working. No, I wouldn't think it's so. It's not working. Since the speakers are fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember like way back in the day, it was when the first Half Life 2 expansion came out. Like I just got a new computer and I sold my WoW account so I could buy like the most badass speakers I could get. What, what did your well WoW account it. look like? What did you get for it? Uh, I think I got like $250 at the time and I would think I was 17. So. For, for look for seventeen two hundred fifty bucks for is a video game nice. you played yeah it was pretty decent yeah it worked out okay yeah so and then I had some badass speakers and played Half Life like at full volume I'm sure my parents appreciated that and then yeah now I've been headphone person ever since yeah. Uh, yeah. I 
I, I still will use headphones, but man, it really does make a difference. Like it you is, can yeah, feel, it's awesome. yeah. You can like feel all the sound going through you. Like you're sh- I'm like oh, when I was flying a helicopter in Far Cry, I could hear every little like all the detail in the sound is so apparent, and like the bass is running through you, and like you just hear like all the little like jingle jangles of the equipment. And you hear like the prop. It's just it's fucking awesome. Um, but that prompted me to start going through other games and seeing what games had good sound design. I'm still not through. I saw you put out a tweet about that. Yeah, I was like, I need to. Like, what happened was I loaded up Nino Cooney and I started hearing sounds that I hadn't heard before, like just like the texture of the foot crunches as they walked along, like stuff that just wasn't apparent in my in the 30 hours I played that game. Um, and that made me go like, holy shit, there's sounds I haven't heard yet. So I wanted to like go through and find other games that had good sound and. Um, I picked. I loaded up The Witcher Three again because I have I have like a hit list of games, and it is The Witcher Three, Persona Five, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, that's a great list. It's you a great get it's, on that. It's a great list and also very intimidating. But I lo- a lot of hours in that list. I don't really know how to start, but that's another topic. But I loaded up The Witcher Three, and that game has phenomenal sound design, and also is like still a really beautiful game. I haven't played it since I upgraded my graphics card, and. Uh, cranked it up to ultra and it runs like butter and I'm like holy fucking shit this game looks really good um however i'm still trying to trying to like optimize i was was noticing that when i cranked everything up and i turned the sharpness all the way up it looked kind of not gritty but like i could see too much and so i turned the sharpness down and it was like it's just the right amount of soft but i think i need to to mod that game to make it look better but i think i'm gonna get back into that game before horizon and persona but i'm not sure if i should restart or not well you could always uh just go with the uh the strategy of playing them in chronological order, which would put The Witcher in the number one spot. The Witcher, then Horizon, then Persona? I think, well, Horizon and Persona came out really close together. Ben, you want to check which one came out first? I want to say Persona came out first, but they were within a week or two of each other. They were both February games, mm. I think. I so. Uh, Persona is, uh, is an intimidating game because that's the one I have the least of a handle on. I feel like I, I've been I've been like 10 hours in. I'm at the point where the, the first time you have like a two-week countdown and it's like, hey, you got two weeks to do some shit. And that's where I was like, I'm intimidated. Stop. Um, and now it's even worse because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm intimidated. Um, I just feel like like five has been such a heavy hitter and like I haven't really messed with the Persona franchise. So it seems like such a hard spot to get into, but I really want to play it because like I've, I've always been a big fan of JRPGs and it seems like this is... Do you like them turn-based? Yeah, a lot, quite a bit. Not all the time. Yeah. But it depends on the turn-based. Like if you go back to like Nino Kuni 1, the turn-based kind of was a little boring. I would say, at least. And it. then if you go to, like, Bravely Default or something, at least it's a little bit more, inter- like, interesting, so. I, I came up in JRPGs on the, like, the Final Fantasy X turn-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they adjusted it a little bit, a, a little bit, and there was the the ATB or something of Final Fantasy X-2, mm-hmm. um, where you had the gauge fill up. It wasn't just, we're going in this order specifically. Um, and then you would have to to do things and could get interrupted, and there was that whole thing going on. See, um, I think Tens was perfect. You could quick slash and move it up. Like uh, I think Tens like the most underrated of the Final Fantasies by far. I love that game. Thank you. Just platinumed it. Really? Uh, I did. Um, mm. You want me to tell you all about it? Because I've been, I've only talked about it on this podcast, no, like, no, you for, the, for the last, like, ten I'm, weeks. It's a good here. game. Like, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, so I, I came up in that, sort of, that, that type of turn-based. Uh, so I really like Personas. It's very much... Uh, that that sort of uh, turn based, although they're they're not specific speeds so much. Each of the characters goes in turn. The enemies go in turn. You can knock them down 
um, and then they don't get a turn whatever, but it's turn-based, which I like seeing because Final Fantasy very much went away from that and I missed it ever since. Uh, so I like seeing that in Persona 5. And because each of the Persona games are a self-contained story, you don't need to have played any of the other ones to get into it. After I played 5, I did go back and play Persona 4 Golden on Vita and loved that as well. Uh, and then after I played that, I could start to see some of the criticisms that series fans had for some of the Persona 5 characters that I didn't see before because, what, it was all new to me. So Persona 5 is actually a great jumping in point, and then you can work backwards from there. And then if you want to get real crazy, you can go do, like, the dancing games. Yeah, I think I'm good on that. <laughs> so on the topic of release dates, uh, Persona 5 was originally supposed to be released February 14th, but it got delayed to April 4th. February or Horizon Zero Dawn released February 28th. Really? Gotcha. Yeah. So. Huh. Yep. My entire impression of time from last year is clearly well. Well, the thing that happened was that March 1st Zelda launched, and so that oh, whole month right. was just lost. So it technically was a week apart. That was like a black hole. Yeah. That absolutely. once once that came out, didn't do anything else yeah. for a while. Yeah, that game was really good. Um. So there's another thing I'm looking at in terms of sound. Now that I, now that I've tried. Uh, badass speakers. There's a thing called a sub pack, and what this is is like there's two there's two models, and uh, one of them is like something you just put in the back of your chair, and basically it hooks into your your it, you plug an auxiliary cable into it or a USB cable into it, uh, and it will take your sound and vibrate it through your body. Um, and the other one is you literally strap it on like a pack to your back, and it like like blasts bass through your body, like it shakes you um, in like a a really crazy way. Like, it's a lot more intense than it sounds. Like, it sounds really stupid. It sounds like a back massager, but it's really sure. like. Back massage. <laughs> right. Um, but I'm like, I'm looking to get in one of those, but they don't make a model big enough for me. So, if there's any alternatives out there that you know of, um, you hit can me probably up. pick up the, uh, the res vibrator real cheap. Listen, this is not a, 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 a small thing. Like, it's big, big. <laughs> But they used to, that's, that's they used to make the said. vests, right? Like the huge vests. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm I know totally... that was a thing for a while. Yeah, the, they those, made them in Dallas. The, the company was next to us. They're fucking they're fucking cool, dude. Like I, I tried Marcus's. I'm like, this is really cool. It's just too small for me. So this is what the sub pack looks like. Yeah. So on me, that's like this big. So <laughs> well, that's what you get for being a large. Human. I know, it sucks. It sucks. That thing would probably be way too big on me. I'd just be a little mouse in it. It would be your entire back, but that's awesome. Couldn't uh, you just get like a big enough subwoofer to just shake your room like I would do? Yeah, but those are like thousands of dollars mm. versus my dad builds custom speakers, so he's hearing like I told him that I was like, Dad, I got a pair of speakers for the first time. He's like, I'm so proud of you, son. He's like, but one day we're gonna build you a pair of speakers that aren't shit. I'm like, All right. uh, that sounds nice. Yeah. That's like he's done this whole like he's just been he's done that like his whole life. He's been building like like his his like his sound system is kinda unbelievable. Uh, he has subwoofers that are like six feet long and like two feet or like three feet high and like just like an insane amount of like custom built speakers like he, he he designs the pcbs like he's that crazy about them and he like builds the the cabinets and he does everything yeah it's, i don't know what a pcb is printed so. circuit board ah uh, yeah that sounds technical that jargon. sounds technical it's, not, it's just like it's just that's the level of like minutia he's in now one game that you'll probably find highly recommended if you're interested in sound design hellblade yeah because uh, that's got that that sort of but um, like simulated binaurals. Yes, that's true. I'd be curious to see what you think playing it on speakers. Do your speakers, they simulate surround, They right? do, they simulate it. And so it, it, I'd be it interested to see how that good. works. 
yeah. as opposed to the headphones. Because in the in the headphones, it very much they did a great job simulating binaural. Yeah, I definitely want to go back and try that. It, it I, when I was playing it in headphones, I was already blown away by how ridiculous it was. Like just the whispers everywhere, and yeah. So, but yeah, I'm with you. The, it's, sound is fun. I didn't realize like how important it was to your gaming experience and how much you missed. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of detail and sound that I didn't know I was missing out on by playing with just like eleven dollar speakers or uh, headphones that aren't necessarily the best headphone quality or like audio quality. So, yeah. how about you? What you been playing? Um, sadly, still playing on Battlegrounds. I don't know what I would do. With my time without it right now, it's weird because like I'm at a point where I think this is the first game I've ever been like truly good at. So <laughs> and like it's it's like getting disgusting. Like I think it's just years. yeah, I just crossed like 900 hours. I think so. It's like I'm oh deep in this God. shit. And also like that's a to, lot of hours. To be fair, like the current relationship I'm in is like entirely built on it. Like we met, had one date, and then she was like, "Oh, I just started playing this game," and I was like, "Well, you know, because if you win, you get a chicken dinner." I was like, "Let me let me help you." First game we played with her, we won, and then it was like, she's like, okay, so when's the second date? I was like, yes. Clinch that. So actually, I think you know her, Vanessa. You're all her friends. I know yeah. her, yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was one of the first people I met when I moved to Austin. That's crazy. Hi, yeah. Vanessa. I think you might also, too, because she was a frag doll, and apparently you were as well. Potentially different times. Okay. So, because I was part of the original crew, mm -hmm. uh, and then I moved countries. So basically, anyone who joined after that, I never met. Oh, and it's okay. weird that. It, there are so many people that came through that same group who I've never even crossed paths with. It's weird to think about, mm -hmm. but uh, I think she would have been one of the the later rounds. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just odd because like that's what we do as a couple. It, like that's how our entire relationship started. So it's like that's what we do. And now, after nine hundred some hours, I actually feel like really good at a video game. Like I can do that weird thing if you ever watch like professional FPS where they do like the wrist snap and they just shoot like a dozen times. I can finally do that and it feels amazing. And yeah, so that mainly. And now Far Cry 5 because I've always been a pretty big fan of the franchise, although I know we'll get into it, but like 3 I feel like is this big pinnacle. So That's that's where it that's not yeah. where it peaked for me. That's where it like it really captured me. It was 3, but yeah. I think that's where was... they found their formula. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. And they got rid of the malaria, which yeah. was important. <laughs> From two? Oh, yeah. my God. That was, what an annoying mechanic. Christ. Malaria was terrible. Yeah, malaria's bad. <laughs> <laughs> they just railed it into you. And, like, the whole time you had to take pills and, like, find the, I think yeah. it was the syringes for it yep. or something by doing quests. Oh, yep. my God. I forgot about that. Malaria was bad. What was the other one? Instincts? Far Cry Instincts? Right? Uh, they had, so there was the entire line of console ones. Mm -hmm. um, there was Far Cry Instincts, Far Cry Instinct Predator. Uh, and there might have been like, one, right? yeah, and then yeah. I think there was, uh, maybe there was a separate one uh, that spun off for, from that for uh, for Wii. Did Far Cry Instincts Predator have yeah, the Predator in it? Yeah, there was a one. So Far Cry. Was it Cry actually <laughs> like? Well, so they had uh, this thing in, in Far Cry it was either instincts or predator where you actually you would you would inject yourself with something that would give you like these crazy predator instincts so you could smell people and that would be visualized by like a yellow like fog on the screen and so you could follow their scent trail uh, and you could just just attack people with your hand claws yeah, and just like, like rip them. So they were trying down. weird shit. Yeah, they were trying some crazy shit. You got like classic animal. Uh, Far Cry like, Vengeance. Like that was the one for the Wii. 
Yeah, the spinoffs are Instinct, Ooh. Instinct Evolution, Instinct Predator, Paradise Lost, Vengeance, Blood Dragon, and Primal. Man, I don't even know what Paradise Lost was. Yeah, what is that? Of, that's a lot of spinoffs. Is that like a mobile one or something? Oh, it's a real shooter arcade game. Oh, nice. That's that's why. Okay. Um, yeah. So they, but I feel like they they settled into their formula with three. So then Blood Dragon. Four, Primal, Five, they all follow essentially the same formula, which is a shift from what they had with uh, Far Cry to Far Cry 2. Mm-hmm. And the the console ones were just like, whatever, we can, we'll just try something. Who cares? Yeah. Put it out. Um, and full disclosure, I was working at Ubisoft at the time uh, when uh, I worked there 2004 to 2008. I actually worked on the digital marketing campaign for Far Cry 2. Oh, nice. Uh, stunningly, uh, the malaria was not a big part of the compa- campaign. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's not a good selling point. Hey, you can get malaria when you play this game. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, but uh, I've been, so I've been playing, obviously, Far Cry. I went back, played some side quests in uh, Nino Kuni 2. Still really loving that. It I, is I, such I, a lovely yeah. game. Yeah, I got like, distracted with Far Cry. It is just so beautiful. I, like, I really, actually, God, what, the first one probably came out five, six years ago? 2012. Like okay, yeah, so about six years ago. Because I remember I did, back when ScrewTech did, like, actual video reviews, I did the video review for Nino Kuni. And that game, I thought it was wonderful. Like I love that game. The only small so complaint I had was the, you know, the combat was just a little dry. But yeah, well, they they shifted the combat big time in this one. So uh, they got rid of the familiars, mm-hmm. and now the equivalent is these little things called Higgledies that you can find throughout the world. And there'll be uh, dark power Higgledies, fire power Higgledies, uh, little green leafy Healy Higgledies, and then you can take a certain number of them into battle with you. They will. Uh, get their friends together, and then they can cast big spells for you to help you out. So you get the, some of the dark ones, and they'll cast, like, fucking nuclear bomb, which is great. Uh, and then the green ones will ca- put up, like, a healing circle and so on. So they they changed that whole system around a lot. But uh, overall, the combat's pretty fun. The game skews a little bit easy. Um, if you're If you're on a level with a monster that you're fighting... You'll probably kick its ass unless it's one of they've they've got like these tainted monsters that are the like the super boss of that version of monster, mm-hmm. um, and those ones are a lot tougher. But uh, it's it skews pretty easy if you're on a level for whatever area you're in. Yeah, I'm in a weird position where I'm very under leveled. Uh, like I just did. Uh, Do you like it that way? Yes and no. Like it, I, I'm trying to catch up and I can't find a way to, and that's sort of where I'm. Like I'm, I've just been grinding enemies and I'm at like. I think my character's like level 43 or something like that. And I just got done the area, like the enemies are like level 54. So I'm like way behind in terms 43. of 43. Um, I would assume you would be grinding your broadleaf then. Y- yeah. Because I, I, I think just, all, I most of those done. enemies. I just got done there. But most of those enemies would be like mid to high 40s, I yeah. think. I mean, I was, uh, you get some that stray over into the 50s, but you can yeah. at least run from those ones. I think that's where I did my... 40s grinding. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to find, like, there's, it's just, I think I'm a little stuck right now, but. Gotcha. I'm still, I, still into it. Where I get stuck is with the skirmishes. So there's also, like, oh, a, yeah. an RTS. Yeah, so that, like, the top down kind of. Yeah. yeah. So where you so you can have up to four squads and take them into this, this RTS top down battle that takes place in the overworld. And th- so you can have. Uh, spears or swords or hammers uh, or, like, uh, range like archers or sometimes they're pistoliers. P- pistoliers? Pistol dudes, whatever. Let's go with pistoliers. It pistoliers. Sounds- it sounds pretty dope. And then uh, it's basically rock, paper, scissors. Like sword beats hammer, hammer beats spear, spear beats sword. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you want to try and like rotate your troops around so that the strongest uh, squad is taking on like an enemy that they're strong against. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, but it's difficult because the the first encounter I had was like, we recommend you be level three. And the one right next to it was, we recommend you be level 17. Yep. (laughs) And I didn't know where to get from three to 17. So you can refight a lot of the battles, which I ended up doing. I ended up finding one that was level six and grinding that one out for ages and it was really annoying. Um, So the skirmishes aren't actually my favorite. Uh, it might be easier now that the game is out for everyone. There's probably wikis all over the place. They're like, here's this level of skirmish. Uh, but if you're just playing it, it was kind of annoying to run around and just run up to every flag you see. Maybe I can take on this skirmish? No, of course I can't. This one wants me in the 25s. Yeah. But overall worth playing? Love it. Okay. You, Absolutely It's a love super it. like light and fluffy, cute game. Like it's not, there's nothing like heavy-handed about it, or it's all just like, go enjoy this whimsical fantasy world, and there's a bunch of animation. And the characters all believe the best in everybody. Yeah. Is there any weight in the story, though, then? like It's pretty, I mean, bad things happen, but uh, the main character, Little King Evan, is just this hopeless optimist who wants to create a kingdom where everyone can live happily ever after, and he believes the best in his enemies, even, and just wants the world to be a great place, and believes that everyone else wants it that way, too. And, sure, it's really naive, but it's lovely to see after all the angst fests yeah, you end yeah. up I, with uh, in so many JRPGs. I it's, still find it's myself refreshing. I still find myself rooting for Evan and his, and his, and his band of guys and dudes, because they're awesome. Like, you just, they're so happy and fun, and you just want them to get everything done. And it's like, even though it's lighthearted and, like, there's not huge stakes. Well, there, there is, but they're very, like, distant. But, like, you still, I think you still root for them, so it still, it still keeps you engaged. Yeah. So, like, even when bad things happen, they keep pretty upbeat. Unlike the, the first game, which was, like, a tearjerker of a start. Yeah. That one is... Well, your mom's dying, like, ASAP, right? That's yeah, the whole basically, thing yeah, you're in the, the first one, the premise is your mom dies, you cry on this little doll she got you, and it comes to life and becomes Drippy the Fairy. Yeah. And... Who is a great character. And then you go into this Nino Kuni world looking for your mom's soulmate, because every... There's, like, twin souls, there's one in each world, and if he can... He wants to save the one in Nino Kuni's world, because then maybe he can save his mom who died. Gotcha. So... It's it's a real downer. The tone is still treated relatively, like you know, whimsically, and he's not running around being angsty the whole time. But it's a it's a sadder note to start on than this. I mean, I guess this one is like, hey, this dude poisoned your dad, and now you just got overthrown. So that sucks. But he also doesn't dwell on it very long. No, <laughs> just moves right past the dead dad thing. That's great. Yeah, he he really does. He's like, well, that sucks. Let's start a new kingdom. So he's very resilient. Great game. Really recommend it. Um, but then also Sea of Thieves. We talked about this um, more in depth last week uh, on on Glitch Please. But uh, Bernie, he is loving this game, man. Did I tell you he bought all of us wooden tankards uh, because so we could have like like a whole pirate like a family pirate weekend. He bought us all wooden tankards. Uh, and he made, uh, because this was fam- family-friendly, he made family-friendly grog, which was basically uh, ginger beer with, uh, I think, some pineapple, coconut, and lime. Really delicious, by the way. That sounds awesome. I'm all, I'm all about the family grog now. And he got us little pirate hats, and he gave us all a banana, and we sat down to play Sea of Thieves together as That's a, as a really pirate. That's really sweet. Hella adorable. It, yeah. It's 
That's really sweet. Yeah, he and he really, really, really likes it. He's been doing a ton of grinding because you can customize your ship, right? But it takes so much money to do so. <laughs> it's like $70 for a sail. I don't even know what it costs to customize the paint on the ship, but whatever it is, he, he grinded all the way up and did it because he wanted to make us a nice family ship. That's very nice. Uh, so he's been really, really loving it. Uh, I was playing a lot of Far Cry over the weekend, so I didn't join in all of the family sessions, but... Uh, like I, I, this is the kind of game that I think I'm only gonna play when he really needs a buddy. Yeah. Until they add a bunch more stuff. I already feel like I've been going through all the different mission types, and they're essentially the same thing with a few small variations. So I'm, I'm okay just not. They, they posted an update video, and it it didn't really talk about a whole lot. It was just like we have a lot of demand for the game, and. We're going to try to meet it. Yeah. And uh, they they did. They were going to introduce a death tax. And oh, my God. I'm so thankful. They were, they were going to make people pay for it. Uh, like if you if you die and there were, the amount was going to be scaled based on how avoidable the death would is. So if you're really stupid, you lose a lot. Right. Just, yes. I think so. Um, and the, everyone was like, what is wrong with you? It seems because like, people get pirate ganked all the time and. Like, it already sucks if you lose, like, your yeah. chests or whatever it is that you're, you know, hoping to deliver to an outpost, and then you just got sunk and you lost everything. That seems like enough of a punishment. Yeah, not only that, like, it doesn't, it, dis it would discourage people fucking around, like, shooting their friends out of cannons and, like, all the, f like, just the, the goof around you stuff. Like, you don't want to, there's no reason to punish your player. It doesn't add anything to it. And people. especially for how, like, the game is just like, look, everybody come play. Like, it's kind of, like, yeah. open for, you know, casual playing. Like, why would you put in this, like, this punishment. death tax? Yeah, right. it seems weird. I, the only, I, like, the game looks fun, and a lot of people, like, Chad has been playing like crazy, and they're like, come play. And I'm like, what do you do? That, you just pipe it around, and then there's, like, there's no goal. That kills me. Like, yeah. I just, I, I, it looks, like, a lot of fun. It, it Like, the water looks incredible. Cool, but like I, well, I need something. I need an objective or a goal, or at least like a ladder where I can be like, "Look, I'm better than you." Like that's, I need one of those things. We we talked about this last week, and we played last week, and I had a good amount of fun. And I tried playing one more time, and I was like, "This is, this is boring," and I stopped playing. I'm done. Yeah, for for me, I have fun when I'm playing. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm doing, I have a good time. But I think it's because I've got my I've got my good family crew, mm -hmm. and we like having something that we can all play together. The last thing that we all played together, I think, was uh, was Don't Starve Together. And the the boys, uh, well, the, the youngest gets really frustrated, like, if he if he dies and we can't resurrect him, because then he's just faffing around as a ghost. And we're like, don't come near us, you're haunting us, yeah, and that's yeah. bad. And so then he just like, like gets frustrated. That seems like a play. really hard game to play as a family. Like I, I got <laughs> to the point, uh, not in like we we just came back to it recently, but when we were initially playing it I got to the point where I was like here's your food. Here's your stuff go in the fort You're good, and I had like I had like a whole Complex going yeah. on I built up everything that they needed. I had all of the hunting taken care of I had fur coats for the winter. It was you were ready. It was you established. I was doing like some like super like in-game super mom shit. It was pretty dope uh, it was how I found out that I might actually have a maternal instinct. Just just in video games, so. <laughs> well, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but either way, I was like, I'm providing. And that felt pretty great. Um, so we're not back to that point yet. Yeah. So he gets frustrated when he dies. But Sea of Thieves, we don't have that. Mm -hmm. So this is something we can all play together. And I like that. But for me, it's I don't have any urge to just go play it randomly for myself. 
I will only play it if someone else is playing and wants someone to play with. Well, yeah, it also seems like a game like why would you ever play by yourself? Like maybe I, people say like, oh, it's peaceful. It's like okay. It is a bit zen. It it like, is. It's kind of nice sailing around. You've got your ship and open seas and go do whatever you like. There's a freedom in that, and it's kind of relaxing. But like so are baths. I'll take one of those. Like <laughs> that, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I just need. So oh, I thought you said bats, and I was like, no, what the bats. fuck is relaxing. Now, if bats? it was on the switch and I could sail around in the bath. Pure immersion, I'm down. Let's go. But <laughs> um, yeah, the devs have put out two of those videos, like you were saying, basically talking about like what they're doing to fix the network just so they can make sure everyone can join the game. But at the end of their most recent video they dropped two days ago, they've said that their next video is hopefully gonna be here's all the feedback we've taken and some stuff we're hoping to add to the game soon and what's kind of down the line for additional content. Great. Uh, so yeah, I, I do have hopes for that game. I think it can be something really, really special. I think that there are some decent bones in there, but it needs work. Yep. Anyway, we, so all of which we've discussed on the last couple episodes. So if you're still with us, um, we do have uh, Far Cry 5 to talk about as well. We put out a standalone video uh, earlier this week. Uh, you and I discussed our thoughts on the game before it came out. We did get some early copies, which was pretty dope. Um, so we'll talk about that um, more in just a second. But before we do... Uh, quick heads up, we have a new website. Now, if you're watching on the website, you're already seeing it. If you're not watching on the website, uh, go to roosterteeth.com. You can go to theno.tv, which is um, our um, our website uh, for the No, and see what it's all about. We've updated the web player, so it remembers where you're at in a video, and we've got cues, and we've got all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, we've also... Got a new mobile site, new iOS and Android apps, so no matter where you are, you can watch stuff, and it's going to be pretty great. The the engineering teams worked really really hard on this. There's like there's chat now on all the live uh, on all the live streams, which is really great. There's always a bunch of like Rooster Teeth staffers in the chat as well, uh, just interacting and, and chatting along, which is great. Uh, and it's, come, it's really coming along. There's a lot of things as well that we're going to add in as we go, um, but we wanted to take this initial product and get it out. So, new sites for all of us. Yeah, it's nice. I've been using the uh, like little live chat function when we have our podcast, and I'm not on it because we rotate like uh, the crew. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice having a chat and everything. And it just works a lot better. That's it good. does. Yeah. It does. Everything is a is a lot smoother yeah. now, which uh, I know uh, has been a long requested feature, <laughs> and yeah, we've got it. And so far, the feedback for the new site's been awesome. It's been in beta for a while, so anyone could try it out. But now it's our new site, so you should absolutely check it out. And please let us know what you think. If you have any feature ideas, anything like that, we want to hear it. We want to make the site the best it can be. Now, speaking of things, side 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 question side, before we go. Side question. Isn't doesn't isn't the website gonna just be roosterteeth.com, not svod.roosterteeth.com? Yes. Okay. So it's during the beta, it was svod.roosterteeth.com. Right. Now it's just roosterteeth.com. It is the cool. site now. Just yeah, just clarifying. So if you've been going to svod.roosterteeth.com, you don't need to do that anymore. All right, clarified. Now let's talk about Far Cry Five. What's that? <laughs> Okay, so this is the new game from Ubisoft, open world action game. It is the fifth mainline 
uh, title in the game, although there have been, and we talked about some of the crazy ones uh, before, but uh, the, the most recent formula started with Far Cry 3, then there was Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, uh, then there was Far Cry 4, Far Cry Primal, and now Far Cry 5. So this one has been, uh, it's been getting a lot of attention really since it was announced because uh, it is the first time that the Far Cry series is taking place in the U.S., so we don't get a lot of games that take place on uh, like American turf. Uh, you know, there there was uh, oh god, what was the oh great now I'm forgetting it. Um, there was the game where you were trying to take back Homefront. Yeah, oh, yeah Homefront. Homefront. There we go. Uh, where you're trying to take back uh, American territory, and that one was like pretty cool when you're fighting in cities that you recognize, yeah. uh, but. Not a lot of games do that, yeah. and Far Cry never has either, but now they are. So this game takes place in Hope County, Montana, uh, and you are taking on this uh, this cult called Eden's Gate. They're sort of a, a doomsday extremist, really twisted Christian-ish cult, uh, and uh, they're doing bad things, and you got to stop them doing bad things. That's Yeah, that sums it up. It's... If you played Far Cry, it's more Far Cry. Like you said, the three, they like nailed the formula, and it feels so formulaic. Like everything happens the exact same way. It's kind of weird. I, I mean, the game, the, the thing that four did was base to me like basically copy and pasted three. There was not yeah, like entirely. even the setting was almost the same. Yeah. Um, and it was it, just mountainous instead of island mountainous. Yeah, but it still it tropical it's, it's still it was felt, evergreens. Yeah, it still felt kind of tropical. It wasn't even evergreens. It was still like or I don't remember that well, but. It, <laughs> It, it felt a lot like the tropical island. Um, this one, like, I, I get what you're saying. It definitely still follows the Far Cry formula, 100%. Like, if you are burnt out on that formula, you're not going to like this game. Yeah, I mean, um, you get captured, you have the face-to-face -face talk. Well, the captured stuff escape, is the thing I hate like, the absolute most. Yeah. I, I think the story, to me, has, has been the weakest part of the game. Um, that said, uh, the way they let you uh, sort of progress, like, take the game at your own... Like, you could do kind of, you have more freedom uh, because of the way that the regions progress. Like, I never take over fortresses. I, I If I just want to blow up towers or blow up people's trucks, I can do that and never engage with the story mission aside from the mandatory ones, um, which I... And those you don't really have a choice about when they come up. Right. Um, they, they, some people don't like the fact that they've changed the crafting. Uh, I, I appreciate it because it means that I don't have to hunt 14 cougars to get a backpack. I can instead go do some challenges. Or, yeah. you know, I can do the hunting challenges and still engage with that and still get my backpack that way. Um, but I, I feel like th the loop is still fun. Um, and for me, it was, it was refreshing enough to make me want to play through it. Uh, but I, I totally understand that, like, if you're totally burnt out on the Far Cry formula, it doesn't really change a lot of that. Well, this does one uh, other thing as well, which, and I'm not, um, you, you know, I did work on the Far Cry 2 campaign, but I don't really play the Far Cry games. Um, and I don't have a specific reason for that, because I really like open world games, mostly RPGs, admittedly, but this seems like the kind of game that I would like, so I don't know why I never really got into them. Five is the first one that I've spent any a significant amount of time with, and I really enjoyed it. But it also means that I don't know necessarily what is new and what's changed. Totally. Uh, but based on our discussion the other day, 
one of the shifts as well is that the entire map is open to you from the beginning. Yeah. Where before, in, in 4, you would unlock areas after a certain period of time, right? Or a certain amount of progression. You, you basically, like, in, like, th 3, it was you finish one island and basically a whole other island opens up for you, a whole section of another island opens up for you. So you, you're progressing the areas linearly, although because the areas are so big, it doesn't really feel like you're being held back. It just means that you can't go to that other island without completing or getting to a certain point in the story in the first one. So. Gotcha. Um, whereas this one, you can choose. There, The yeah, game yeah. is sort of divided into three regions. There's the Whitetail Mountains, yeah. which are mountainous. Uh, there's the Henbane River, which is... Actually, not all that much river to it. Um, there's a river that goes up it, and you can use the river to traverse large areas. Um, but it's mostly like little, I feel little like, hilly. I feel like it was little pretty foresty. similar to the the mountain area. Yeah, those two like kind of blend together, and I don't really like those two areas. Yeah, and uh, and then there is um, the the valley, and that's where the farmland is, uh, and it's like the like beautiful like rolling hills, and here's the uh, here's the pumpkin patches and the apple orchards and that sort of thing instead. Yeah, and then like in this game, as opposed to the previous Far Cry games, the map isn't cluttered with nonsense where you're just trying to like yeah, teleport it's much from, easier to from, navigate, from, yeah. from from point to point and like here we're gonna do all the towers. Instead, it it feels more organic. Like when you yeah. discover the prepper stashes, it's it's largely because oh, there's a guy on the road, he's being held hostage. Uh, you kill the guys that are holding him hostage, and mm -hmm. he'll be like, "Hey, dude, there's a, like a thing over there if you want to go check it out." And then, then like, it's it's like an organic way to find stuff, and it it is it's different. Um, it's not that much different, but um, it is enough for me to feel like they've sort of refined the formula. Uh, they didn't change it a whole lot, but they yeah. definitely refined it. Um, you don't have to climb that many towers, in, you know. We, no, they, you, no was like a, you climb the one, and they make a joke. The, at yeah, the yeah. very beginning, yeah. you're like, I'm not going to make you climb towers all yeah, around. There, there are like one or two yeah. side missions where you, you can climb towers to blow. You still got to climb up to get the zip line every now and then. I found they use that trope a little bit, where it's like, okay, I got to go up the mountain to get a zip line and go down into the house. But yeah. you know, it's but not, that's all prepper stash stuff. Like all, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all prepper so much. So much of that stuff. So much of that stuff is optional now. Like it's not. I like the fact that you can. Do the stuff that you enjoy in in the Far Cry formula, rather mm. than like I have to engage with all these towers because otherwise I don't have the fucking map, or like I have to go hunt these bears otherwise I can't carry anything. Like I appreciate the fact that they've they've added another level of freedom to the game. Yeah. The, the, the game is all about like play the way you want, except for the main story where they deliberately pull you away, n like no less than like seven to eight times throughout it's the game. It's really annoying. It's, well, it's, so, uh, it's yeah. like four times per area. It, yeah, three, three, three I, I think times. it varies, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, basically, if, if you don't know, the game is divided into three regions, like we said, and every region has a meter. And as you do more quests and side missions and things like that in the region, the meter will fill up. And it's divided into thirds, and every time you complete a third of the meter, uh, you'll be basically like whisked away onto some magical drug trip in every every time you fill up the meter, and you have no choice. It's, it it kind of warns you that it's coming either through like a on screen like prompt you've or, been or, marked. or or someone yeah. is coming for you. Yeah, and no matter what you're doing, it will pull you away into like a mandatory. I don't know, like, yeah, probably like five, anywhere between five and 15 minute story mission. You're going to have someone talking to you in your face and they're going to say all their words. And that's, that is like how, that's the only way the exposition happens, except for the, like the primary story missions at the end of each zone. So I felt like for a game that focuses so much on 
hey, here, here's a, you can do whatever you want. Go to this area, go to this area, like progress however you want to do it. And then like suddenly it's like, no, you're coming with me. That was, that was the one part I really hated. It was super jarring. And uh, I, I felt like the story set up so strongly. And then those, part, those parts being the primary way the, the game told a story, it was kind of kind of a letdown in, in terms of story, but like in terms of gameplay, like I'm I'm still playing it because it's fun to it's fun to blow shit up. Yeah. Like it's, I just feel like in comparison to three, because three was like, at the time everybody was like big explosions multiplayer, you know, it was like a Michael Bay fest of FPSs, and then Far Cry three was like this just Scorsese film kind of thing that was awesome and it yeah. worked super well, and. Like, I think, for, for me, Far Cry 3 is, like, you know, it's, like, one of those top-tier games. And, and I really do think, like, because of that, we got stuff like Wolfenstein. Like, it really proved that, hey, narrative-driven FPS can be a thing still, and people will play it. And to see it, like, just boil down to 5, where it's, like, everything's there, and it's a really good FPS that plays mechanically well, and there's fun characters, and, like, stabbing people and killing dudes with shovels is, it's, I mean, it feels great. Like, yeah. And, you know, the takedown chains still feel amazing, but... I don't know. It's just like they, the story just feels like they just hashed in. They're like, okay, what did we do that one time that worked? Okay, let's just do that again, but in America. And also, I don't know if it's like, I, just, I wish they were racist. I would feel better killing them if they were racist, like cultists. <laughs> like, I thought that was like kind of like you're in Montana it, killing them, a bunch of cultists. Them I mean, that, that's, and killing people brutally. I, I, not, not enough. Not enough. For, you? Not enough. for like, some reason, I had in my head that they were going to be really racist, and I was well, like, oh, I, I can I kill think, some racists right now. now expected, I think a lot of people expected the game to take a stronger like stance on yeah. uh, the issues that they're tackling. They, they yeah. sort of don't. They don't and, take really any stance and, besides like kill cultists. You know, I, I can see both sides of the the, the the coin there. Like some people just don't care and they just want to blow shit up and that's yeah. what that's what the game's good at. Honestly, I think if you have never played a Far Cry game and you're interested, this is basically a perfect Far Cry game aside from the story. I uh, would but wouldn't you still say go play 3? No. Really? Like the story in 3 is fantastic, but like the way they've refined the gameplay and the systems like it's so much like like I, I know you have to divorce yourself from the story to, to see this, but Five is like it's a better game. Well, no, the gameplay is better. They, everything's right. more refined, but I just feel like the story in and that, comparison is like a letdown. Right. And that's and that's the it's it depends on what you want out of the game, you know? Like if you just want a fun open world game to play, I think Far Cry five is a fantastic fun open world game. One of the things that Far Cry three nailed, the one of the things that everyone came away from it with uh, from the game with was Voss was amazing. Well, in that mocap was, was like which in five Everybody gets in your face still, but they're yeah. just kind of dead-eyed. It's weird. See, well, the, the, I, I like the expression in a lot of their faces in 5 because they have this sort of uh, creepy, calm horse whisperer thing going on. Mm -hmm. like they're, they're just very calmly trying to convince you that they're right. And their eyes look very clear and sane. And if you've been but in the what they're South, saying is absolutely exists. insane. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I actually like the way they talk to you in this very like very calm, almost like paternal way. And they're just like, they're being like this very thoughtful. And you're like, oh, yeah. you're, you're like, you're right. You're making a lot of sense. Yeah. And then you look to the left and like, there's a crazy eviscerated body that they hung up for decoration. And you're like, wait a minute, you're crazy. So I actually like that juxtaposition. I think that they've been chasing the Voss formula since three. I think oh, they've yeah. been trying to find, get that compelling, uh, charismatic, but, fucking insane character. Uh, they obviously tried it with uh, Peg Edmund in 4 and didn't quite get there. Uh, it just wasn't as strong a character. Um, and this is, keep in mind, this is from my impressions based on what 
like oh, I overall heard out of the gaming community, um, not firsthand, but I really like what they did with Joseph Seed in five. And especially as you go through the story and you you learn more and he's he's talking to you more and sharing more of your story, you're like, holy shit, you are absolutely batshit insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but he's He's got the he's got charisma. He has this I feel like as a character he's got like this single-minded like dedication and confidence and I I think he's a great character. Uh your mileage may vary, obviously. I think he's the best of the four. That's that's the problem is that I think they tried to they spread way too thin by having basically these three other lieutenants or heralds or whatever they are be so heavy in the story that they they detracted from Joseph because if all those areas were Joseph led and like there was more story involved directly with Joseph, I would be a happier person because I feel like his character is really strong, um, but the rest of them are just kind of nonsense. Like, and it's all just like, let's go on this weird drug trip. And here's some. Let me talk in your face again. Yeah, I'm just now finishing up. I want to say it's Joshua Seed. It's the Jacob. It's the, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. In his is like in every time you get shot with the bliss bullets, which is like a really lame. Is he the out. top left? No, bottom left. Oh, you're I, thinking of John then? John. The, yeah. The, John. the crazy torture dude. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I, man, I love that area a lot. It, it is good, but like I, the bliss bullet thing and just the way they've taken this this drug and put it in bullets. Now it's, shooting his way. It's like every time that he's not directly involved, they're trying to kill me. But when he's involved, they, like, why do they, they've tied me up three times now? Yeah. Like, just kill me. I don't get the point. But then every other day, any goon can kill me. No big deal. Like, it just doesn't feel like it thematically fits with how the game actually plays. And if they have these bliss bullets, why aren't they doing this to everybody all the time? Like, it's just... I don't know, that bugs me for some reason. It's like, we got this magic bullet, whereas in 3 and in 4, they had like a really good job of like, when you would go through a narrative scene, somebody would sneak out and like hit you in the pipe in the back of the head kind of thing, and it would feel like, oh shit, I got captured. Now it's just like, oh, this is the point where they capture me. Go, just shoot me. I'll just lay here. Yeah, like, it's, it's just... Right, it, it, is a, it sucks a little bit that those battles are unwinnable, mm-hmm. because... Everything, like you said, everything else in the game is about choice, like doing what you want, going where you want, when you want, how you want, uh, except for these moments that you can't win. Where they literally have magic bullets, like it just yeah. feels. I mean, the, the, and it's not any better in like Fate's area. Literally, the screen goes like sparkly, and it's like, whoosh. like mm-hmm. there's just you have no no option of choice. It's just like you're gonna get whisked away to some drug yeah. trip. Mind you, there are um, there was one segment uh, that comes towards, um, like, at, at the end of, of Faith's storyline, that uh, I had trouble with the, the suspension of disbelief in her area a bit, because with uh, with John, he's crazy torture guy. All right, sure, he's a sadist. Got it. Uh, ma- that, like, it, it makes sense to some degree, logically. Jacob's area, he's like a, like a cold a week, you know, it's type... Uh, you know the like the you got to get rid of the weak in the herd mentality. Mm-hmm. That all makes sense, sure. Like that, like fighting that makes sense. Faith's area is drug themed, and you go on these like vision quests. But I'm always like, wait a minute, how does she control the visions? Yeah. And so my suspension of disbelief breaks down there, and I still managed to enjoy it because I liked a lot of the th- things that happened. They were just sort of weird, but I don't believe them in any way. However. That aside, there was one segment at the end of hers that uh, was 
It was where, where, where like the, the drug dream world and the real world start to blend together. And that was pretty dope. I liked seeing it, even if I wasn't necessarily believing it. Which that's also part of the formula too. Like the drug trip has been in three and four and they've been like story parts, which I just kind of wish they would change it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty over it. Especially this game uses it so heavy-handedly. Yeah. It's like 10 times or more. Four did a great job because you had those weird like Buddha quests and stuff. And like threes were cool because it was like, hey, take this weird jungle drug. And I don't know, three just had this good thing. Your main character, Joshua Brody, I think it was. Brody. Yeah, was like, you were just like, sure, fuck it. I'm like screwed on Pirate Island anyways, jungle drugs. Yeah. And this one, I do think it's weird that you, now you're a silent protagonist. It, 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 it really bothers me uh, yeah. because they're like, okay, you customize your character and be your own. Yeah. And it's like, well, it doesn't fucking matter. You never see him and you never speak. So. Yeah. I think I think it's cool in co-op. And we none, we weren't able to co-op together because we all three of us played on different platforms. You mm -hmm. were on PS4. I yeah. was on Xbox One. You were on PC. Mm -hmm. So that makes that a little bit difficult. But uh, in co-op, having a unique character, pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, don't I don't think mind. it makes up for the fact that you're, like, yeah, the previous games didn't have a silent protagonist. Look, I don't mind that it's a silent protagonist because the protagonist has always seemed to me not the draw of Far Cry. Front and center in every Far Cry marketing whatever is the antagonist. Is the villain, yeah. That's yeah. who is the most interesting character in the whole thing. The, the Who you are is just someone to go through the story. Yeah. So the fact that this time they didn't name you, um, or they, they didn't, well, they didn't tell you specifically who you are. I don't really care. Three, so three did a good job of of giving you like, you connected with the character because he had like struggles to make. Like he had to, he had to choose between, uh, like basically going a couple different paths of like, here's this crazy jungle lady, or here's my like longtime girlfriend. <laughs> like started to be like pulled in different directions. So there was like some interest there, uh, with having a, a real protagonist, but. That's and fair. the character built out well. Even the system in three, where you got the tattoos for like all of your skill gains and stuff like that, was just really good. Like yeah. everything played well together. Yeah. Like I just feel like they're chasing that the entire time, and I wish they would stop. Well, I think they're always going to be chasing the, yeah, the, the, the antagonist. You know, I mean, that's a... there's no good reason. Like I don't know why they're like I don't think they're going to top three, and if they do, like kudos, but. You try and follow the formula that tightly, you're just going to get like, okay, this is a, like the story's watered down and then the mechanics are a little bit sharper. And we're just going to repeat that time and time again. Well, I feel like, I feel like they did nail a lot of things though. Like well, the setting in this game is fantastic. Like the Holland Valley is is my favorite of the three areas, and that area was like so it's so stunning to walk through like the apple orchards or orchards orchards <laughs> and uh, and like the pumpkin fields and just see like all, all like the, the 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 reds pop against the greens and there was just like a lot of really like beautiful and interesting areas in that game to visit and the the like I said the way things the way you find things organically like the the, the prepper stashes being puzzles I feel like all that stuff was. Uh, it felt a lot more of an exploratory open world rather than like, let's hop in the gyrocopter and fly to this point. Yeah, 4 was bad about that. Yeah, and it might sound like I'm kind of trying to talk shit, but it's like, it's still really good fun FPS. Like, it's just as a Far Cry, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I get it, what you're saying. It's I feel like story. 3, they like reinvented, like they made the modern automotive wheel and it was like, great. Now we've like, transportation is different because of you. Good job, guys. And then next up, they're like, now we made the spinner. And I'm like, what? 
like that's cool, but no, like I just expected more. Yeah, I, I don't. Which really... is a bad, you know, assumption to put on somebody because they still made a great game. Like it's super fun. I can't kill enough people. Like it's great. I don't, I don't think that they could really make like like three was all about like how you like you can you can capture these outposts however you want, and that was like hey, this is interesting. Like I can choose my own path of of how I'm going to deal with these enemies, and but I don't think they can really make that any more interesting without changing the gameplay significantly like making it not a sh- not a, not not a shooter but like adding more than just guns uh, and mm-hmm. things but i mean i, I was kind of hoping that one day they would take you know they make like primal and blood dragon and like these really interesting offshoots of, of far cry i was thinking straight would, to magic yeah i was yeah. hoping they take like maybe like a fantasy approach mm-hmm. and like dump as much in like love into it as they do the primary games mm-hmm. these games are huge and they have a ton to them and yeah. if, like i feel like if they would do that with like a a more interest, like a more diverse setting, you might get what you're looking for. It's yeah. something that's just like a, a lot different. Um, they are coming out with some crazy DLCs for this game. They're like really? going yeah, to there's, Mars, um, going to Vietnam. See, where are they? Oh, yeah, there's uh, the there's like three episodes that they've got. Um, there's oh gosh, where is this? Um, one is yeah, one is Mars, one is Vietnam. What is the third one? Three very different expansions. Mars, Vietnam, and zombies. Um, yeah, uh, post-apocalyptic uh, zombie scenario. Hmm. So they are going to change them. Um, they do say here, uh, and this is a quote, uh, all three of the DLCs really have their own identity. Mars, the Vietnam War, a post-apocalyptic zombie scenario. But at the same time, we found ways to tie them into the main Far Cry 5 narrative. it would be a drug trip. You might find or hear about characters you met in the main game in these strange new places, even on Mars. I have no idea what that means. The cult <gasps> one, so we had to leave. Nope, like, I have ideas. Yeah, you think the scientist guy is like, we're, we found the aliens. I have, I have, Mars. I have ideas at least about the Mars one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what it is they do with it. It seems like they're trying to do kind of three mini blood dragons, and then maybe we'll, they'll see what comes out of that. I like, I like the idea, and blood dragon was cool, but. Yeah. Speaking of which, the, the the blood dragon guy just left Ubisoft. Really? I guess he had a new project, uh, and it got canceled, and he was like, well. You know, I want to work on the kinds of projects that I want to work on, so peace. I feel like they threw the like the Far Cry arcade inside the game. Like that was kind of like, hey, we know y'all like this, so here's this arcade where you can do that kind of shit. Like, and everything's just over the top. Uh, yeah, I, I have not played that since launch, and I really want to check it out. The first thing I did check out was like everything was like very colorful, like neonish. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. What we were able to see because we were playing pre-launch is like some samples that were made for oh, uh, by by oh, Ubisoft so cool. developers. So this is the this is the trailer for the DLC. So oh. you can see um, I'm definitely not... a little bit of like the the Mars and the Vietnam and and the zombies. So it's gonna be yeah, kind of weird. I wonder if the Vietnam one in the game you come across a, a Vietnam vet, yeah, um, and, his, and his and uh, his. Yeah, like in his some of his buddies. I mm-hmm. think he's the, he's the last one, but they all had yeah, he's the like whole light request. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wonder if this will be visiting them. Um, I is, have ideas so about cool. I have ideas about the Mars thing. <laughs> the Mars so. one looks like it's going to be like my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it looks awesome. Um, the the zombies one, I'm not interested even a little bit. Yeah, I, I really don't know um, how how that's going to go. Unless, some people really like their zombies. I'm not a zombie person. Oh and that's fine. So tired at this point. Yeah, I feel like if you even in, like even, that, like you can, you know, just go play Call of Duty Zombies. That's fine. That's even, been there. Yeah, even in five, there already is a zombie-like enemy, uh, which is just a basically like a, a bliss head, a crackhead. But yeah. you know. But anyway. man, I, I still, 
I still have fun. I go home every day and I'm I just like clear out some quests and it's it's very it's just fun to blow shit up in that game. And, and it is like you said, like it's super simple. You can just drive down the road and just be like, oh, there's a thing. I'll do that one. Oh, yeah. another thing. And yeah. like you don't have to worry about going to specific areas. You can just drive and you know finish out your meter for each zone and then you're good. Yeah. I wish so. Like they have the difficulty settings. I wish they had like a tedious setting because sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna kill like. So many more elites and free these, like, you know, rescue uh, hostages and stuff. And I just is, wish you could cut it down sometimes. It's yeah. very easy to get distracted because it's a big world, but there's always something going on pretty close to you. Mm-hmm. And if you, uh, if you go, like, overland, if you just, like, are, like, running through the forest, you, you know, you'll encounter some wildlife and you'll occasionally encounter, like, some cultist, like, chasing down, uh, you know, some, some poor person and trying to rescue them. But it's a lot less frequent. If you take the roads, you're going to make it 10 feet between yeah, uh, occurrences. So, uh, occurrences. Um, one thing I wish, I want a plane slider. I want to turn the planes and the helicopters, like, down. I feel like that should be a rare resource for a Montana cult to have. But yeah. it seems like they've got an entire fleet of airplanes to send after me specifically. I, I travel feel- a lot by helicopter, so it hasn't been as much of a problem. So whenever I see him, I just You travel a by attack helicopter. <laughs> yeah, mine came with an attack helicopter. Super overpowered, but very fun. I uh, See, I don't have that. And I get attacked by helicopters constantly and planes. And it's, that is super annoying. Yeah. Like, they're not hard to deal with, but it's like when you're trying to, like, clear an outpost and then a helicopter shows up, you're just like, oh, God, like, again. Yeah. There is something about the stealth that's a little broken, uh, which is why I didn't do stealth as much in this game. When you shoot an enemy uh, with, a, like, a silenced weapon, like, a lot of times the other enemies will just start running around and then panic and then mm-hmm. it's on. Mm-hmm. Right, like, they, well, they might not see you, but they might have seen their buddy just yeah, fall to but, the ground. But in previous Far Cries, it was like you would you'd pick people off silently and no one would be any other wiser. Yeah. Um, or, or at least it was a lot better about that. In this game, it's like as soon as you shoot someone, they're like, what's going on? Let me run around. Oh, my God. And pull the alarm and the helicopter's coming. So, so um, fun game. Story, yeah, I, I would agree. It could probably be stronger. Um, I don't mind it, but clearly, like, your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not bad. I really like. I just want more. I really like the game a lot. I think that it's a, like, if you have not played a Far Cry game and you're interested, definitely, it's 100%, you should buy it. If you're tired of the Far Cry formula, this is definitely more of that, um, but it is a very refined Far Cry formula game, and it's fun. And a couple of the side missions you should absolutely tackle if you get a chance. There's uh, Out of This World. Very good. Um, what's the movie one? Uh, I haven't done it. Gosh. The movie one is just funny because it's like there's a there's some crazy-ass director out in the middle of the wilds of Montana making a Blood Dragon movie. He's making like a Blood Dragon 3, and he's just a total asshole. But it's just, it's fun. Yeah. It's sort of It's sort of cheeky, and there's some Ubisoft self-deprecating humor in there. There's there's a there's a quest with uh, it's called the Testy Festy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> Do that one. Do that yes, one. that is absolutely a good one. And I'm trying to think. Here's. And th- those are the quests that I, I was doing early in the game that I that like made me think this is a fucking fun game. Like, yeah, yeah. I, not only am I blowing shit up, but these side missions are really well done. And some of them are a lot more basic than that, but the ones that are re- well done are very very fun and funny. 
I wish they would mark those where it's like, hey, this, this is kind of special. Yeah, like, this is the one we one. put more time into. Yeah, yeah. Do that one. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, just go blow up three tankers, and then yeah. nothing happens. They're just like, thanks. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, that quest was a little... Mm. I found that most of the ones you unlock from clearing outposts are the boring ones, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, there's also a haunted house. Uh, yeah, are you talking about the prepper stash one, or are you talking about the... I think I think I've done it. It was scary. I don't like it's it. it's in face area. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, okay. But it's hey, there's a haunted house thing. So like there's that. So the, there's a lot of kind of like cheeky, weird, fun things. And I can see some people have criticized the tonal dissonance between the gameplay and the story because the story is quite yeah, serious. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you know you're you're running around doing the testy festy, doing, doing testy festy. And you know so what? there there's a there is a tone difference between the game's story and the game's gameplay. But I've it, that's, that's been, in, I mean, that's in three, you were, you were burning down weed fields and listening to Skrillex, like. Yeah, but that's, that, you know that part was fucking awesome. It was, that I'm not, I'm not complaining great. about it. Like, in the, I'm your, just saying there's. Your there's, character there's, had a voice that was like, haha, this is fucking awesome. I can't believe we're doing this. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. Also do yourself a favor and get peaches. I think. No, people, cheeseburger. No, well, look, some people are cat people. Some people are dog people. Some people are bear people. I, I'm not a bear person. I'm um, a person. But, My name's Adam. <laughs> <laughs> So far, uh, I, Peaches has been my favorite companion. Yeah. Um, I like Peaches. I like, uh, as far as the humans go, which admittedly are a step down from all three of the animals. They, they but say the same lines very over and over and over and over. I think yeah, Nick, Nick's, Nick can fix a, a, tr- a plane with his eyes closed. Did you know that? He can do it. <laughs> um, but uh, Grace is great. Uh, Bowhunter Chick is great. Bowhunter Chick is great. Uh, she's very, like, edgy, though. <laughs> she says a bunch of edgy shit. Um, as long as she can, like... Kill stuff. Yeah, she can say what she likes. Yeah, boom. I think Boomer Boomer's good because he marks people. But yeah, the, some of the companions are really fun. I yeah, mean. and they're they're each very different. Like Boomer will mark people, but then he'll also run in and get in a fight with some dog in the outpost, and then there goes my stealth. Yeah. Where Peaches, she's not going to mark stuff for you, but she does silent takedowns. Uh, and then Cheeseburger will just he'll go sit on stuff, and then it dies. He rips people apart. Dude. It's pretty great. I haven't gotten cheeseburger yet. Oh, cheeseburger is yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. His a, collar has cheeseburgers. No, on. And you can you can pet him, and you're petting like a big bear. No. God's a good bear. <laughs> so good. Yeah, petting the animals might be one of the highlights. Although, uh, on the flip side of that, one of my um, one of see maybe I'm easy to please, but one of my only major complaints about the game is that Boomer won't ride in the back of my truck, and neither will Peaches. Neither will Cheeseburger. A cheeseburger, I can at least understand. He should hop in. Bears the, are heavy. I don't bed. know that the truck could handle it, but. <laughs> I'm like, I got this truck, it's got a bed, just get in it. And that way you're not going to be running next to me getting hit by cars the entire way to where we're going. Can you not ride Cheeseburger? No. No. That sucks, because you could could ride Bears and Primal. Oh, yeah. Well, look, we've we've really devolved as a society since Primal. There is no more bear riding. I don't. I don't know if I, I want to play a game where I can't be the bear cavalry. That's kind of my thing. I know it's hard. It's yeah. hard. You know this. This is the. This is the era that we live in. And it's, it's tough. tough. Yeah. It's tough. Well, on that note, I guess we'll leave this topic behind, because there are. <laughs> there have been a couple of interesting developments uh, in the video game industry that I want to talk about as well. So let's do the news. <laughs> Three things I want to talk about this week. Uh, first of all, um, you know what? We talked about Sea of Thieves earlier. Let's tackle that. Uh, Ninten- uh, Nintendo. Microsoft announced that uh, Sea of Thieves already broke 2 million players. 
Um, but so the numbers, there's a lot of weird qualifiers around the numbers that they're putting out, um, which makes it a little bit confusing to try to anal analyze too much. Um, they said there have been over 2 million players, um, and it's the best-selling new IP of this generation, of their own, which... So, so it's outsold, outselling Recore, uh, Cuphead. Ooh, Gears of War? Recore um, is terrible. Not, not a new IP? Oh, you're right. Shit. New, new IP. So um, I'm trying to think uh, better than, doing better than Rise, I guess. So I'm surprised that's pretty I'm dope. actually surprised it's outselling Cuphead. That game was dope. Uh, Cuphead is great, but uh, Cuphead also operates on a kind of a different scale. Yeah. Uh, in that it's, you know, it, it is indie and it is also a torture game, essentially. It is. It's a really cute, really well art directed uh, torture game. Yeah. And it's, it's self-torture, which makes it all the better and worse. God, I hate and I love that game. They did a great job of showing you, like, just like, look, here's how close you got. Yeah. You still yeah. suck. And every bar. single time, like, every time you die, you know exactly why you died mm -hmm. and you know why it's your fault because yeah. you just suck too much. But, and so you're like, I can do it this time. I can do it. No, I didn't do it. Yeah. And there's really, a stupid pool really where you can that. see how many times you died. I hate that pool. Mm -hmm. It's a good game, though. It's Fun. a great game. Great game. But, uh, uh, Sea of Thieves outselling it. Uh, so they've had more than um, two million players. They had like a million players in the first uh, 24, 48 hours. Uh, and now they're now they're two million. Based on the verbiage, what I think they might be saying is um, it's best selling. And they did say that selling uh, does not include Game Pass numbers. But when they say two million players, I wonder if that does include Game Pass. Yeah, because you could sign up for the Game Pass for free and then get the game for 14 days for free, right? Yes, because so. Game Pass has got the free trial and um, it. This is admittedly anecdotal, but when we were uh, talking about this uh, in, we were talking about it in a in a news read that just the because on launch day the servers fell over, they they do that a lot for mm. online game launches. Yeah. But uh, they had had so many tests uh, in the weeks leading up to launch, and this clearly, you know, they they clearly still weren't prepared for the numbers. Um, and I was theorizing that it might have been like more Game Pass users than they anticipated also jumping in and that threw all their servers out of whack and so i'm i'm wondering if the the two million players count includes those it seems like there were a lot i would assume that that includes it and there uh like in the comments of that video there were people being like yeah me and like 10 of my friends are all doing it via game pass mm -hmm. to check it out most of the people i know got it through game pass yeah, I, I mean, if I'm you know, being perfectly honest, I think that it's, in the future, it can be worth the full retail price. But right now, $60. But right now, um, I, I just don't think that it's there's $60 worth of content in it. Dude, I wouldn't pay any amount of money for that game. No offense. It's like a really nice game, and it's like it's like it's a well-made game, but there's nothing fucking in it. Nothing. Yeah, so it's I, I think that once they get a couple of like expansions and new content rollouts, then it'll... It'll grow into itself, but you also can't tell people, no, 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 pay $60 now. Eventually, it will be good. Yeah. That's fine. I think that, I, you know, I, I wonder to some degree um, how much Microsoft just wants you to do Game Pass anyway. Because if they can yeah. get that Netflix model going and get people playing their first-party stuff through this and, and paying out... You know, sure, you you know you're paying three dollars a month instead of uh, sixty dollars for the game, and so you theoretically save a lot of money. But if you just keep that subscription going, uh, eventually, it, you know, it it adds up to a lot of money. I can see that, and I mean, I know a lot of people like you just you sign up and then you forget about it, and you're like, whatever, it's not that much, and then you keep it for like six years. So 
I mean, right. Well, because like now I have an Xbox Live um, Gold subscription, mm -hmm. and I can't let that lapse. Do you know why? Because I got that stupid number next to it that's like, here's how many years you've been on Xbox oh, Live, yeah, yeah. and I really like that number being high, and it's stupid, and it doesn't matter in any way. Well, that but one time I, I really, really don't let it lapse. They sent out the they sent out the special Xbox 360s, or maybe it was Xbox One for the people that had been on Xbox for a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Three dollars a month. It's not three dollars a month. It's nine ninety nine a month. Still, I mean, ten, ten, so ten bucks a month, but that's like uh, paying for a game every six months. Yeah. And how many of us have Netflix accounts because we signed up on a free trial and we're like, yeah, okay, I like this, and just kept it. Yeah, you're like, so. well, yeah, I still I use Netflix well. every day. So. Yeah. That's yes. also going to include any of the exclusives that are coming out in the next few months, like yeah. State of Decay, Crackdown, whenever that eventually releases, etc. Yeah. So all of Microsoft's first party stuff will be day and date. Game Pass, which is like I think they they would almost rather drive mm. into that because things like um, Fortnite have shown they can be like we've got you know uh, forty million players and it's like well that's not how many people yeah. have bought into it but players is still like a very useful stat and it still looks really good for them. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And so if they can get people like in this free trial and be like you know two million players in the first week for Sea of Thieves that is a great number for them to show. Uh, and, it, and it means that that's a number of people who have gotten and engaged with that with that game and with that brand. I honestly kind of a little surprised it's so popular for what it is. It's because it really is fun to play, um, it, but in like in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then when yeah, but how long are you going to play it? If you're going to play it more than if you want to jump in for an hour or two well, and like just go do a mission because you you know you know what you're getting you're going to kill some skeletons, go on a raid, whatever. It's like, it's fun in that moment. Yeah. But if you do it too much, too long, I think it'll be just so churny. I think it's I think it's popular because everyone wants to play a open world pirate game with their friends, but it's just not, when you actually get into it, it's just not really anything to do. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they'll, uh, they'll, you know, quick step some of their content drops. I'm very curious to see what their next announcements are. Uh, they have at least shown that they're listening to people. Like they were like, well, "We'll do the death tax," and everyone said no. And they said, "Okay, we won't do the death tax." So they're they're making some progress there. But if that was their first idea, like, what's the next one gonna be? Yeah, uh, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Um, you know, I know we we all have our wish lists. We talked about some of our uh, feature wish lists last week. Um, if they just go ahead and implement our plan, I think it'll be very Damn solid. Damn straight. Game. Yeah. Make my game. Um, uh, next up, so while we're talking platforms and such, uh, Nintendo. Uh, so this is, it's not the newest thing ever happening, but um, they uh, recently rolled out their 5.0.0 update, uh, their, their firmware update for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and this has dramatically increased the number of third-party docks bricking Nintendo Switches. Yeah, because they had that problem with the Nikon or Nyko docks for yeah. a while. So, yeah. it, so they, that problem has been around a bit, now it's escalated dramatically, basically Our, since that firmware update happened. Uh, and this, so it's, there's, now it's all over, it's all over like their subreddits and their forums and it's like their Amazon reviews are tanking because people are, are going to be like, hey, this, you know, this dock bricked my console. Is either company doing anything to like replace or refund um, for the bricking? So Nintendo's official stance is uh, third party stuff is not tested. It's not yeah. guaranteed you shouldn't be using it. Makes sense. Um, Nyko is, said they're looking into it. They're trying to figure out exactly what it is that's causing it. Uh, there's a, there are some conspiracy theories, um, or, well, conspiracy theories makes them sound like all 
crackpots, so not conspiracy theories, but there are some theories uh, from people worried that Nintendo was doing this intentionally um, to cut down on the third-party uh, accessory adoption. I, so I don't know. I, well, that is a conspiracy theory, I'm afraid. That's, uh, that, that seems a bit crazy. Well, I, I think that it's um, extreme. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more just Nintendo being... Negligence not the right word, but they're they're they don't even think about third party stuff when they're yeah. gonna implement something. So say they, they change their something. Their intention and they can, wasn't for it to break, can, but they didn't worry about what was yeah, going to happen. Yeah, they don't they don't care. Yeah. I mean um, I can see that. Because they're like you're using third party yeah. stuff, whatever, it's not under warranty. Yeah, I mean Nintendo is the peripheral company. Like so I <laughs> see them wanting that market to themselves, but I don't think they're gonna maliciously be like, ah, oh, we're gonna break switches. Yeah, maliciously I, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But uh could they be just like not considering third-party stuff at all, and they're like, "Well, not, well, like so we're gonna roll out like some change with how like the the battery handshake works." I don't. I look. I don't know enough about like the actual circuit stuff yeah. to know exactly how they would change that via firmware. But if they were gonna, you know, they clearly changed something, mm -hmm. and. By doing so, they could test it with their own stuff, but they are not going to bother testing it with any other stuff. And so if they change that and it dramatically impacts that third-party stuff, they don't really care. Listen, third-party, like other companies can make officially licensed Nintendo products, and they're probably all in the clear. So. Like Hori. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. This doesn't seem like, it's not, I definitely don't think it's Nintendo being, you know, uh, trying to break people's consoles because they're using other shit. But That said... Um, I also don't really care if 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 it if it's them just not testing third party. Of course, they're not testing third party accessories. Like, why would they? You know. That said, um, one thing that I would like to take Nintendo to task for is so these consoles get bricked. Okay, fine, sure, that's your fault. But guess what? There's no cloud saves. Nothing yeah. is on SD cards. Everyone whose console gets bricked because of this is going to lose everything that they have played for the last year. That Every is, uh, save. Yep. And I think that if the very, like, if fine, if you don't want to support third-party stuff, that's, you know what, Nintendo? That's a very Nintendo mindset. <laughs> and I get it. But the, what if stuff like this is, is not only possible, but happening on a reasonably frequent basis, the least you can do to protect your customers... So even if it's from themselves and from their, you know, their money-saving decisions, put saves on the SD card. We all have basically have to have an SD card yeah. anyway because there is virtually no memory. <laughs> you get uh, no, no, no space. One or two games there, and then, yeah, then you're right. Like, and so we all have to get SD cards anyway. We all have to pay the extra money to get them and put them in our Switch. Put the saves there. Or put them in, you know, even better, put them in the cloud. It's ridiculous. Like, I keep thinking, because I like the Switch. I don't think it's a great home console. I do think it's a fantastic new Game Boy. Um, but it, just the fact that, like, you don't have the internet or Netflix, like, what is that? It's incredible. Like, how does it not have either of those things yet? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't use it for that, because it's like, like you said, it's like a portable console. I'm not watching Netflix like No, this. but, like, it, uh, yeah, but with still, the, new, the new Netflix apps, like, you can, uh, on the, the Windows 10 Netflix app, for example, you can actually download most, uh, like, a, well, not most, but a most of their first-party original stuff. You can, and some of their third-party stuff, you can download those episodes, and they will be in the app for you to watch offline. So, say you're on a plane, which is a very handy place for a Switch, that's, you could just have your stuff there. That's totally fair. That's totally yeah. fair. Uh, and it would be very, very useful. 
And it's just also like, what doesn't have Netflix these days? Like, I'm pretty sure there's Samsung refrigerators that have Netflix and Twitter, and like, we can't even get on the internet. I would with the love it's crazy. fridge with Netflix. That would be because I always watch TV while yeah. I'm cooking. That makes sense. Samsung, hook me up. I mean, <laughs> the original PSP had a web browser, I think. Or maybe it was just the Vita that had one. Yeah. Um, still, like, just why not? Why yeah. is it not there? For, for me, the, the, like, I will, I will give that up. Because if I'm traveling, I've probably got a phone where I can download my Netflix stuff. Yeah. Or I've got my laptop where I can download my Netflix stuff. Okay, fine. I can get that somewhere else. Uh, but for, for a, a, like, a handheld console like this, I need to know that if this thing breaks, I don't lose everything. Or even if you That's just lose important. it, like you'll never lose your Xbox, but you might leave your Switch at the airport, and like then what? You gotta start Zelda over again. That's no, it's terrible. Like yeah. that should not be. Especially don't make eighty-hour-long games where it's just on the like. It's here you go, lose that and you're screwed. Like that's crazy. It's yeah, just, it's that 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 is one of the biggest things that bothers me about the Switch, and then also the lack of Bluetooth headphone support. Yeah, it's annoying too. And but cloud saves, I think, are going to be uh, an easier thing for them to implement. Either cloud saves or, or save management, and I think there, I think there might be. Um, ben, you want to check this? I think there might be like some like weird ways to get a, around it. Um, I, like I remember at least hearing something about processes to try to get your saves onto an uh, SD card, I think, but I don't I think know we, if those ever I think we worked out. Talked about this previously, where if the saves are on your SD card, you just copy them and move them to the new SD card. Like they're they're literally just a file on the SD card. You would copy, but I could be wrong. Here we go. Nintendo Switch save games to SD card. Um, so, okay. You can transfer stuff to... But you have, you have to archive it. Oh, I see. So it's yeah, if I have to go through like eight that. steps... Yeah, that's... To keep my save data. That's just like... Yeah, if the console's breaking, that's, that's not any good. Yeah, I, I think that's not... That's not what's requested. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, it's... Have it there. Have it somewhere that if something happens to the console, it can be it can be pulled off um, before you send it off to be repaired because that will almost always erase everything. Uh, or even better, do cloud saves. I, I don't. That seems like the like one of the easier things they could possibly implement. You know, maybe that's going to be a feature for their online service, the one that they want to charge. That would for. make. Sense. I'm not. I'm not sure if this is possible to do in a firmware update or something. But when you uh, put the switch to sleep, it loses internet connection. So, like, every time I'm downloading a new game, I have to keep it on. Or, like, if I turn it off, it loses Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. So not even could, not just put it to sleep. Yeah. If, well, if they could sort of uh, address that, either have it, like, you know, you can maybe even set that option yourself. Do yeah. you want it to, do you want it to keep connection and keep downloading stuff while it's asleep or not? That could be, a, like, a setting. Fine. But uh, it's pretty commonly done with, uh, with other consoles. Xbox yeah. does that. You turn it off and it goes, yeah. okay. And then it will... It'll sync everything up, and then it'll be like, then I'll go to sleep. Yep. So, uh, I think there's, especially in light of issues like this, which again, Nintendo says, just don't use third-party stuff. Okay, fine, but things happen to consoles all the time. Mm -hmm. This is just the latest example of things that can really ruin your day, and then it makes for very unhappy Switch customers. Mm -hmm. And they might like, if if you lose everything, you might not go back to that stuff because you're just. Feeling burned, yep. yeah. and that makes unhappy people 
And unhappy people don't buy more of your games. And plus, the first party stuff is really expensive. Like, I mean, the controllers are like $60, right? Dude, that dock, when they announced their, like, their, you could buy another of their docks, it was mm-hmm. like $90. Bucks. Yeah. Like, they they, the they dropped that? the price, but it's st- still like $70. Bucks. I think it's more than a game. Yeah. And that's it's a, way and the docks too much. are these shitty little plastic things. I don't know why they would cost $70. Yeah, I'm bucks. sure the third party ones are probably like $30, which mm-hmm. sounds completely reasonable. It's fine, you know. It's yeah. just like, of course, the people think, are going to buy third party. I think there's a smaller dock for the Switch that is cheaper. I got one from Japan that's Nintendo branded that's like this big. You just stand it in there. Hmm. So there are options. But still, I think this is something that I would really like to see them address sooner rather than later because it makes me worry a lot about my Switch. I don't use a third-party dock, but a lot of things can happen to my little handheld. Yeah, it's just silly that any of that stuff is still happening and, and like what what is the dock doing? I'm not the most technologically savvy person, but what's it doing that's breaking it? Like it seems like, oh, pass power through, send the connection to the TV. We're, we're good here. Like, so what it seems to be doing uh, is it, so the power is still getting into it, but the battery just doesn't charge. Mm. So I don't know if uh, there's just one little thing between the, the power and the battery that that breaks or fizzles out or something, or if it's the battery itself that is getting affected somehow. But uh, that that pass off is not happening. Okay. Finally, uh, there was so GDC was happening last week, uh, and there was a discussion about uh, Steam. And this was uh, well, there were a couple discussions about Steam. Um, but the, the dude who runs Steam Spy, Sergey Galyonkin, uh, he did uh, an interesting breakdown on Steam revenue. And first of all, Steam makes a shit ton of money. Yeah. But most of that money goes to 100 people. Like, like the, the, the top yeah. 100 games make most of the money that goes into Steam. Yeah. Uh, and then when you, so when you couple that with the sheer number of smaller titles that are being released on a daily basis, uh, the average, uh, like the average indie developer, is making less than, you know, like less than thirty thousand dollars back on whatever they put out, which is not enough for a lot of people to live on these days. Um, it's or it's actually, like it's it's, it's like, tight. That's doing a fairly okay indie launch from like I know a handful of indie developers, and we've published a handful of indie games back in the day, and. That's well, not the worst you can I, I do think, for certain. I think part of this is that, like, it, you the 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 case used to be for indie developers that like making making it onto Steam was enough for you to get noticed and yeah. to do pretty well. Like, like your resume, you, you like would, you, you would be if you in make the, it on Steam, you have a chance to get seen uh, right. and then to get that word of mouth going. Yeah, now would, the noise floor is so high that getting onto Steam is not really worth. Anything in and of itself. Right. There's so, got to so, be almost a dozen games a day or something. There's like, like it's that, like sure. sometimes like up to forty games a day. So you'll have like the the new and trending list, which is ten games. And yeah. There's maybe thirty other games in that list, and those are all for just the one day. And it used to be like that list would you'd see a new game like every couple days, and so you'd be on that list for like a good week or something, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe, and that would be enough to give you the exposure to people for people looking for new games. And now it's like, nope, if you don't have a, a good marketing campaign, like if you don't send stuff out to streamers and hope they play it, or post Reddit AMAs or whatever, like you're in, you're in trouble. Which, you know, I think that um, on the, on one, 
on the one hand, it sure it's the indie developer's job to try to promote their game, totally. to like do their own marketing. It's not necessarily Steam's responsibility to market your game just because you put it on that platform. No, uh, you know, but it, it never has been. What Steam offered indie developers was like the like a place where they could be discovered, and now it's really tough. Like I'm looking at the these numbers here, and uh, it looks like um, there was an indie developer, Micros. Hold on, really. Got it. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I definitely don't think it's indie developers' job to to, to or the Steam's job to to market for an indie developer. But being discovered was part of their marketing, like on Steam. And now it's it's impossible to find any games worthwhile because even games that like. I mean, I know I do it myself. Like, if a game has less than a few hundred reviews, I'm not really gonna. To look at it because yeah. clearly it hasn't made a big splash, and games that make a big splash are the ones you want to look at, you know. Um, and you don't want to have to sift through all the crap yourself. And I think that's at the, the same time, like, you know, there's plenty of great games the, out there that have five reviews. There's, there, I'm sure there's a bajillions of them, but that's yeah. the thing is that like because of this, the sea of other bullshit, you're just not getting it. Okay, so here's I, I found it. So this was um, developer uh, Mike Rose. He's the founder of a small publishing outfit called No More Robots. Um, and so he also did a presentation at GDC, and this was um, very similar, um, just like a lot of the data matched up with uh, what the Steam Spy guy was saying. He said, um, in, in, this is in February, so last month, around 850 games launched on Steam. So that was about 40 per day. Uh, and then um, the average game on Steam, so this is the, like just average. There are some that will do better, some that will do worse. Um, we'll do 2,000 copies um, and make about $12,000 in its first month. Uh, and then it would make up to 38,000 in its first year. So for, um, you know, I think one of the, the things about that is, so it's average, which means that you get, what's, what's included in that is like the, the Alloboys, the Stardew Valleys, the mm -hmm. Undertales, the ones that do really, really, really yeah. well. Uh, of course, along with the, with the ones that no one has ever played or discovered. And part of that, I think, is, I don't know about you guys, I have, like, I'm a little bit burned out on Discovery on Steam because there are so many asset flips and there's yeah. so little curation ah, yeah. that's getting done. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Steam, they, Steam did away with their green light platform, yeah. which, like, required people to, like, you know, vote up and be like, we want to see this on the platform. And uh, instead went with this, uh, here's an entry fee, you have to pay a certain amount, uh, and they tried to find. I can't remember. It was like a like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Basically, there's a a fee that every game has to pay to be listed on Steam, and they were hoping that that meant it would reduce the number of asset flips because they you. wouldn't make that money back, yeah. essentially. So they would just not bother, and that hasn't worked at all. That no. backfired spectacularly because since they changed that uh, that process. So many more games are getting listed on Steam yeah. on a daily basis. There's so many like Android ports of shitty Android games and stuff that like doesn't even have a proper interface. It's all like touch interface. So you just click it with your mouse. Fucking garbage, man. Yeah, and there, there's really like there's no curation. And there's there's they, nothing. They tried to like put that, that on like you know like Total Biscuit is a curator and he can recommend games, but it's like you can't make your platform dependent on like your users to curate all the games for you, like. Yeah, look, uh, Valve's philosophy is very user-driven. They have the, you know, they've got, like, trending. That's why they do the user reviews, and that's why they do 
all of that and build algorithms to surface based on what people are reviewing well, because they do rely very much on that sort of crowd mind. That's the that's their philosophy for how thing their their philosophy seems to be the good stuff will get discovered and will rise to the top. But that like we also don't know how many great games are not getting discovered because they're buried under a mountain of asset flips that Steam that the Valve won't bother to do anything about. And, and I mean that that philosophy clearly did work, but now with letting pretty much the floodgates just open, mm -hmm. I think they probably just need to change philosophy because yeah, there's I assume quite a few great games that are just going completely unnoticed. Yeah, and you know I'm sure there are a bunch of terrible games going unnoticed as well. Oh yeah, um, but I'm sure that in that forty a day, there are some good games. Yeah, and that we that we just. What do you think the solution? Yeah, what do you think the solution is? Do you think Steam should have a, a curation team where they have a group of fifty people that will just play games nonstop and decide if it's worth putting on a store? Well, um, I, I think to some degree, sure. I yeah. think yeah. that at the very least, if they have uh, a team of people who can, if someone submits a game, they have someone who will open it, play through it, and make sure that it is in fact a game and that it is a playable game before it gets through them. I think that this is their platform. And you know they 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 don't want to censor people. They made that very clear with the whole hatred issue, where uh, someone, one of the executives, delisted it, um, pulled hatred off Steam, and said we don't want that kind of crap here. And Gabe Newell put it back up and was like, "That's we're not we're not about telling what telling you what you can and can't play." But it is also their platform, and I think that it is not really doing them any favors to just allow all this. The, the asset flips and the not games. I think that it sort of gives them a bad name too. And if they would just check that, if they would just have someone load up the game and make sure that this is a game that mm -hmm. you can play, that would do a lot. Yeah. I think there's a middle ground between them and what Nintendo's doing because the Switch is in like a golden era of like, it's, it's got its own indie gold rush happening now. And that's because Nintendo does actively like curate. They're like, oh, hey, let's look at these games, see how they are. Okay, that's good enough. We'll put it on the console. And so they've had like a huge boom with indie. And I think that that's probably, somewhere in between their two styles is probably what they need to do. Just like you said, have somebody be like, oh, that's an actual game. Instead of World Z, World Z, Zombie Shooter 3000, and you're like, oh, that's a piece of shit. Let's not worry about that. Throw that aside. Like, you can usually tell just by the thumbnails on a lot of games where you're like, oh, they're just trying to get a quick dollar and they've put no effort into it. Bye. Like, just, yeah. you know, doesn't need to be a huge thing, but just, I feel like a few people could go through and just clean out the trash yeah. That and, you know is complete garbage coming in. And if they want to do something to crowdsource that, like if they want to have volunteers who get bounties or something like that uh, for for thumbs up and thumbs downing, like this is an actual game, this is not an actual game, to at or least give like them some flag, Steam wallet credit. <laughs> yeah, or like like just something to help at least either flag the bad ones or flag the legit ones. <laughs> I'm not sure which there are more of at this point. Yeah. yeah. How many um, how many titles have you gone through in your queue? Oh my God! So Tons, many. thousands, yeah. so many. Every time I go through it, too, there's some new shitty zombie game, some Minecraft clone. That's, like it's always there. Yeah, that's the other thing is the, the, the queue is all like, you played one of these games. Here's yeah. a million of them. I played Into the Breach, and f for the next like 400 games I looked at, it was like tactical strategy game, turn-based. Like I don't fucking care. Yeah. So that's a it's a tough problem for for valve to tackle admittedly you know 40 games a day is not uh, an easy number to curate mm -hmm. but i think that given the amount of 
garbage that's ending up on their platform, it would be healthy for the Steam ecosystem to do something about that. Um, and that way, it's so that they can, the more, the more indie developers can be discovered properly and get that word of mouth going and generate more legitimate game sales for Steam, the happier the customers will be, the better the and healthier the ecosystem will be, and the more those indie that indie scene can flourish. Yeah. So I think it really, I think it would be a good step. So uh, Valve, we got you, we got you fixed, we got you fixed. It seems like an easy solution. No, I don't, I don't know about easy. Can well, you, we you could just sit down and try and play the forty games that come out every day. Yes, that'll be we'll my new job. Is what I'm saying. Because yeah. if my job could just be playing shitty games, like it still seems okay. Like <laughs> seems all right. Like I'll just check them out. I don't want that. I think it'll just take five minutes per game. Be like, mm, sucks, bye. Like, <laughs> it can be the new Funhouse show. There you go. Give it to them. They, they love. They this. like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They love bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna go that far, but but they do manage to make a lot of entertainment out of yes. some terrible, terrible games. All right, uh, I think that does it for this episode of Glitch, please. Thank you for watching. If you're a Rooster Teeth first member, you can catch our post-show New Game Plus uh, exclusively on the website, which is now bright and shiny and new. Uh, and, of course, we will see you next week for more Glitch, please. Glitch, please.